Um, hello, everyone. This is Coach Jackie with Uzazi Podcast, a podcast that seeks to provide useful information for parents. Today, I would like to talk about mental health for families, especially in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic. To help me do this, I have with me Phyllis Otiti, a counselor and teen therapist. Um, Phyllis, thank you very much for agreeing to do this. Please say hello to the listeners and introduce yourself. Oh, thank you very much, Jackie. My name is Phyllis Otiti, and thank you very much for bringing me to join you in this podcast, which is really, really important especially in these times when nobody knows the direction of where life is going. And my name is, uh, as Jackie has said, I deal with the teenagers and young people from the ages of seven years to 24 years. And I am a counselor and I'm also a trauma therapist. Thank you for that introduction, Phyllis. I, I think we are going to go straight ahead into the, the discussion. And of course, as a result of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of restrictions have been introduced by the government as a way of managing the spread of the virus. However, this, um, these restrictions have resulted in certain situations that affect the mental health of families. Could you please just explain to us how such restrictions affect mental health? Now, um, mental health, Jackie, is broad. And I'm going to just talk about from the psychological point of view how this restriction is affecting families mm -hmm. and especially families in the urban areas. Mm -hmm. Families in the villages uh, have less restrictions because they're able to walk about as compared to their counterparts in the towns. For example, if you're staying in an apartment and you have as young children, maybe from the ages of zero to 12, how are you going to contain them in that space of your two-bedroom apartment or your three-bedroom apartment? Because the government tells us that we cannot allow the children to play with one another because they can be the carriers of the, of the virus. So mm -hmm. it's becoming very stressful to contain these high-energy children, especially in urban settings, and it's causing a lot of uh, anxiety and stress for the parents because in the same space the parents also have to work mm -hmm. and still look after these children mm -hmm. so there's a lot of toe stepping because there's only so much um, uh, buying or you know co coercing the children to stay indoors that you can do as a parent mm -hmm. uh, uh, your work notwithstanding so it is really causing a lot of anxieties Okay. And, and so how can families manage this stress and anxiety? First of all, um, online, especially for people who are in town, there's still online uh, learning that is going on. Mm -hmm. So um, supposing that the children are engaged between, let's say, maybe nine to three, in between there, they have lunch breaks. And in between there, they also have uh, Q&As with their teachers. Mm -hmm. In between there, the child needs you as a parent to be able to set up for them this technology mm -hmm. to be able to do the online learning. Now, mm -hmm. how can they manage? Because this is a space that originally, this is something that is new for us. 
-hmm. Nobody had ever set um, an office at home. Nobody had ever thought about homeschooling at home, uh, homeschooling, because we live in the morning, we drop our children in school, and the school takes care of the children, and we take care of our own business. Mm -hmm. Okay? So you see the support within the family now mm -hmm. becomes a challenge. Mm -hmm. And let's put a two-parent household. Mm -hmm. Okay? You have a, your husband there, you have yourself, and probably you have three children. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to take a hypothetical situation where you have one child who's not going to school and mm -hmm. two children who are going to school. Mm -hmm. This child who's not going to school is very disruptive. Mm -hmm. Not just to the, to the siblings, but also to you as parents, because when you are on the phone, they need attention. Mm -hmm. So how do you give them something to do without making them feel like they're being rejected? Mm -hmm. Yes. And this is where communication comes in. Mm -hmm. On the onset of this uh, pandemic, most parents, I guess, must have spoken to their children. Mm -hmm. And this is a really different situation and mm -hmm. we don't know how long it's going to last. And for that reason, we are going to share this space. Mm -hmm. Mommy is going to be working from home. Daddy is going to be working from home. Um, your, uh, your brothers and sisters are going to be schooling from home. So can we all find a way of sharing this space so that we can all achieve what we set out to do every morning? Mm -hmm. So I am not sure whether parents have had that conversation. Mm -hmm. That is my concern as a counselor. Okay. Because most of the time, we, we want the children to think like adults. Mm. But children need to be instructed. Okay. We need also to just show to them that we normalize this abnormal situation so that they don't see fear in us. They don't see like things are out of control. You have to explain really why are we doing this, mm -hmm. right? Why are we doing this? Because if we go out there, the simple example that I've had one parent say, they say there is sickness out there. Okay, they're explaining to their three-year-old. The reason why we are wearing masks is because there's sickness out there. And that sickness, it's in the air. People can sneeze, people can cough. That is a simple. But this child said, my, children, my, my friends cough and we play. So what's the difference between the COVID-19 and the normal cough? Because these children cough and play. So you need to be able to explain to that three-year-old that this cough is different. That this cough will make you really, really sick. Or this sneezing will make you really, really sick. Or this shaking of hands is going to make you really, really sick. Some of the uh, families have their grandparents in this town. And over the weekends, the children were used to going to their parents' grandparents' houses. Now, if all of a sudden, you are saying you cannot go to Shosho's house. You need to be able to explain, communicate in the language that you can understand. Okay. That as much as Shosho is still two blocks away, you can't go because we do not want to transmit this virus. Okay. All right. Okay. So, so Phyllis, I hear from that the, 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 the importance of communicating with young children so that you can explain to them why they have to learn at home, why they are not allowed to go out and play, and why they can't visit their, their grandparents. 
But what about the parents? Presumably they, they are also undergoing some stress and anxiety. How do they manage that? Now, this is where we talk about non-judgmental communication. Mm. You see, when people get married, you take seven days for honeymoon, where you're 24-7 with one person. Thereafter, each of us lives in the morning and we meet in the evening for a very brief period. Mm -hmm. So we no longer spend time as much as we are spending time now. Now, all of a sudden, uh, we realize that we are getting into each other's space, okay? Mm -hmm. And the only way that we are going to accommodate one another is by open communication and not judging. And what do I mean by open communication? When somebody is telling me about their concern, I should not be preparing for rebuttal. Mm -hmm. I should actually listen and listen attentively and completely. Okay? I may not have a solution to why they, what they are requesting of me, but just listening without a rebuttal can actually go away a long way in resolving a lot of conflict. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because the office space, for example, is little. I might say, oh, I have a meeting at 10. And my husband says, I also have a meeting at 10.30. So who is going to use the space? So we need to agree. One of us either has to work from the bedroom or from the kitchen so that the other person can work from the office. But I cannot say that because my work is more important, so it is me over the office, the created office that we have created at the moment, for you, your work is not important, so you find your own space, how you sort yourself out. Again, mm -hmm. I say, listen, listen to your partner. Mm -hmm. Listen to your partner, okay? Their concerns and their fears are genuine. One of the fears is that even as they are working from home, is the security of the job um, guaranteed? Of course not. A lot of things are going to change post-COVID-19. A lot of things there'll be a lot of job losses. Remember, they have rent to pay. They're not staying in their own home. They have school fees to pay. They have uh, support for their siblings, probably. They have support for their parents. Where are these resources going to come from? So the, the couples actually need to engage one another. Put your differences aside for now. Even people who go to war, when you have a common enemy, you have now to decide that the common enemy here is this COVID-19. Going forward, what can we do? Mm -hmm. Communication. Communication and listening without judgment. Okay. Yes. Okay, Phyllis, I, I hear again a lot about communication and, and listening to the other person and, you know, trying to agree how you can share space and how you can together, you know, fight this common enemy, which is the coronavirus um, uh, pandemic. Um, but Phyllis, I've been hearing people saying in, in different fora that they are feeling, they are feeling so demotivated. They feel that their limbs are heavy. They can't get out of bed. So I'm wondering at what point does somebody recognize that this is now too much? I need somebody to help me. How, how do you tell that you need now perhaps to seek Mental, uh, mental health uh, therapy or something like that? You see, when we are all, we all have routines, mm. okay? And from March, late March, April, now May, our routines have been disrupted. Mm -hmm. 
And the beauty of life is that nobody knows the right at the bend what is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And this is what has happened to us. COVID-19 has disrupted everything. Whatever we knew from the moment when we were small to now, we are leaders, we are, we are parents, we are children, we are, we are siblings, everything has been disrupted, okay? So at the moment when you realize that you actually can't function at your optimal, because you know what your optimal is, when no longer nothing matters to you, for example, you're supposed to be waking up at six every day. All of a sudden you want to sleep in up to about nine, okay? Then you need to realize what is the way mean on you? Is it a bill that has not been paid? Is this something that your, your spouse told you? Is it how the children are behaving in the house? Is everything just running out of hand? Maybe you don't have food and you don't know how to reach out. Mm-hmm. Yeah? At this moment, we have online counseling right now that people, you don't have to be charged. People are actually giving a lot of um, what I would call free services online. Mm-hmm. Reach out. I am one of those who have given out my number. I said, if you feel like things really is something that you can no longer go on, please reach out. Tell mm-hmm. my number. Mm-hmm. And we need to talk about it. And the problem, once you speak about it, you actually realize that you can find a solution to it. But mm-hmm. if you do not speak about it, then it is compounded. Then it affects not only your mental health, it affects your physical health. And remember, before it gets to the mental, um, for it to be an issue mentally, you would have um, experienced some physiological changes in your body. You know, your body is the first one. Maybe your tummy is running, maybe your shoulders are aching, maybe you have this constant headache, maybe you are just not having enough sleep, or your sleep patterns have suddenly changed. Before it gets to a point where you are no longer able to wake up, your body has spoken. Listen to your body. Mm-hmm. Listen to your body. The best indicator is to you for you to listen to your body. Everything that we experience, your body experiences first. Mm-hmm. Because you might say, oh, I have this uh, back pain, but you ignore it. You have this, uh, ba- um, this uh, headache, which is really nagging, but you ignore it, okay? But it's telling you something, something is not right. So at that point, when it becomes unbearable, please, I always say, raise your hand up, there's help, a call away. Okay. All right, thank you for that, Phyllis. And you mentioned that uh, you are available for people to contact you. Could you please share that number on this podcast? Yes, I can share the number. The number is 0708-737300. That's my dedicated line for counseling. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I also um, have a small thing that I want to share with you, Jackie, mm-hmm. that things that uh, families can actually um, practice when they are at home. Mm-hmm. Other than what we all know about... Um, you can stretch, you can yawn. Yawning is very therapeutic. Yawning, just the normal yawning. Yawning, even when you are stressed, just try to yawn, okay? Try to yawn and try to stretch. It is just very simple. 
try to move your toes, try to just move your head a little bit. You can stand, you can dance a little bit, yeah? Just a little bit, yeah, just a little bit. These are things that even with your children, with your family, you can form a routine, okay? And uh, during this time also, as we are talking about mental health, I think it's important for the parents to also talk to their children about some of the positive values that they can learn from this, okay? Because why am I saying some positive values? Because you are not in a place where there's no food completely, okay? You have to now start thinking outside the box. For example, if you run out of flour in Nairobi, can you call somebody in the village to send you some maize or something through Korea? Or some flour for you or some beans from wherever you're coming from? There is plenty of food in the villages. And the vehicles that carry food are still on the road. Can you just talk to them? It's nothing to be ashamed about that I can no longer be able to find this stuff in Nairobi. Please send me one, one uh, debut of maize or one debe of beans, or one debe of njahe, or one bunch of bananas. You know, it, it really helps because we have to do things differently because of the COVID-19. We don't know how long it's going to take, but of course, sure enough, there'll be casualties. Sure enough, they'll be paid. Sure enough, it is an uncomfortable situation. But just like everything else that came before us, like polio, measles, the, the flu of the 1918, it shall pass. But until then, we need to keep our, water, our heads above water. Okay? Now, some of the positive values that I want really to share with the parents mm -hmm. is during this shared space, they should really cultivate the value of caring in the family. Talk to the children. What is it that you can give up as a family? What is it that you can give up for now so that you can stretch your shilling for longer? And when I talk about caring, if, if you, for example, we are having sausage and baked beans and I don't know, mandazi and bread for breakfast, can we just have bread and tea for breakfast? You see, so that whatever we have, it can take us for as long as it can take us. Once in a while, can we have sweet potatoes for breakfast? You know, we just become innovative, caring. We explain to them that the sausage is really good, but it's not priority right now. Okay? That the bacon is really good, but it's not a priority right now. Right? Because we have to think about the school fees. We have to think about maybe some children who are supposed to be transitioning to college. What happens? We have to think that the limited resources that we have right now, we have to really take care of them. Mm -hmm. The other thing now, the honesty. This is the time also to teach children, honestly, that this thing is beyond us. We don't know everything as parents, but we need to speak to you honestly that this is the situation. Okay? As parents, this is not now the time for you to be that mother or father who is really strong, eh? sit your children down and, and say, honestly, this is the situation where we are, but I know it shall pass. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I need the parents to share with their children is responsibility. Okay. What do I mean by responsibility? Instead of mom, if the children are old enough, can we have some older children cooking some meals, you know, some nice meals? It might not be ugali and skuma every day. You understand? If there are few potatoes, can, can the boys and girls help in the kitchen? Prepare something. It might not be five star, but it is something that is cooked we can eat together. Give them responsibility. Give them cleaning responsibilities. Let them clean their own clothes. Because right now, most house girls are not cleaning. Can they clean their own clothes? You may not be as, 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 um, as, as uh, a clean as somebody else would have done it, but they've cleaned it, okay? And this their time to practice restraint, okay? Restraint because in this space, we are likely to step on each other's toes. Now, what I teach my clients is that when you really feel like somebody has really upset you, count, up to 10 backwards. 10, by the time you're reaching one, then you breathe and then you say, and by the way, what you said was really mean. You understand? Okay? Instead of having this uh, throwing words around, because when you, in shared space, there's a lot of um, interaction and there's a lot of toe stepping. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is also the time to teach the children or learn even as a couple some uh, social competencies, okay? Mm -hmm. And especially uh, planning and decision making. Why are we doing certain things now in the way that we are doing them? Planning is really key, okay? And the other one is conflict resolution. If as a family you've never had mechanisms of uh, re uh, resolving conflicts. Now, this is the time. This is the time to listen for the problem without necessarily going back to what, for example, children are very cheeky. Okay? Then you, you start saying, you're doing this because even last week you did this. Okay? Then you're not resolving any conflict. Maybe this is the time to get to know your children and understand why are they doing what they're doing. Okay, hear them out. It might not make sense, but just listen to them nonetheless. Okay, in listening to them, then you can hear their fears. Because one of the losses that is really big for the children right now is their friendships. And remember now, because you are at home, you are monitoring how they are using their phones. Perhaps you've taken their phones away because they are spending too much time on phone. How are they catching up with their friends? And for them, friendship right now, it's big. It's bigger than mom and dad. Okay? The opinion of the friends is bigger than the opinion of mom and dad. Have you just sat them down and said, because of the cost, I'm going to put your phone away? You know, if you need really to speak to your friend, you can use my phone. You know? So that they also don't feel so disconnected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, one of the things that I'm teaching my clients is what I call uh, to identify the internal assets of each member of the family. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because this time when we are all in one space, the self-esteem seems to go down. Okay? 
because I have an issue, I can't talk to my mom, I can't talk to my sibling, I can't talk to my dad. You understand? You find a child has withdrawn and you have no idea why. This is the time just to encourage them. Even when they do something wrong, tell them you've done it, but next time you can do better. This is not the time for battering uh, children and teenagers, most particularly the teenagers. This is not the time to batter them because their self-esteem will just go down and it will affect their schoolwork. It will affect how they, they relate with their, with, their, with their friends. Because if you as a family can be able to accept them for who they are, we really don't expect their parents to accept them for who they are. So let's be the ones to boost the self-esteem of our teenagers, especially those ones who have teenagers in the house. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, okay, Phyllis, thank you for that. And listeners, I'll just repeat the number that she shared in case you feel that you need to reach out for some help. The number is 0708-737300. And uh, uh, you, you, you've shared some techniques that people can apply to help them, you know, manage the situation. You've talked about maybe yawning and stretching you suggested that somebody can count backwards so that they cool down before they respond to somebody who is uh, maybe who is saying things that are upsetting them. And you have touched on the fact that uh, teenagers could be going through um, a particularly uh, difficult situation because they are no longer able to connect with friends and friends are an important part of, 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 of teenage. Could you just speak a little bit more about the specific anxieties and concerns of teenagers at this uh, at this time? You see, these are children who are finding themselves, what I always call, they're trying to find their footing. Okay? And they're experimenting with a lot of things. A lot of things. Experimenting with a lot of things. As a parent, if your child comes to you and says, hmm, let's say, for example, your daughter says, I like a certain girl. Are you going to pick up the Bible and say, God forbid? This is the time to listen. Why do they listen? Why are they interested in a certain girl? What is it? What is it? What, are, what is the need? Because behind every fear, there is a need. What is this need? That is the need that you need. And teenagers have a lot of needs, needs that have to be addressed. And teenagers are actually playing that is almost drying, but it's not yet dry. I always use that an analogy, okay? The reason why I'm saying it's clay that is almost dry, but not yet dry, because they want to be adults, but without the responsibilities of adulthood, okay? They want to enjoy everything that adults enjoy, but without the responsibilities. But this is the time now you tell them that for everything that you do, there is a consequence. For everything that you do, whether you are present as a parent or not, it has a consequence. For example, if you get a teenager that lies, let's take that example. For how long can they get away with it? Maybe just for so long, but for sure you will catch them. Let them know that when you catch them, there are consequences. And what are these consequences? you must be able to spell out what the consequences are. Okay? 
this is the time, in fact, a lot of teenagers now feel like the world has come to an end. Because when I speak to them, they are telling us, I, we don't understand why my parents can't allow me to go for a movie. But I remind them that the movie theaters have been closed. Okay? They say, but why can't we watch with, on, our, on our phones? Then I say, you see right now, we are managing what? What are we managing? We are managing costs. What are the priorities? What the, is it for you to watch a movie? Or is for us to put food on the table? What other things can you engage on with teenagers? What I like engaging with teenagers is artwork. You know, crafts. Because of their high energy. There are so many things that you can actually get from home and use them for artwork. Get boxes. Just the normal carton boxes. They can be able to make very fantastic things. The shops in town are still open where you can do beads. Let them do some bead work. Yeah? Let them do some yarn work. Like most of my clients are actually now finding something that they can actually uh, put their time on. Use that bead work or yarn work to be able to decorate your room or even decorate the kitchen, decorate the living room. Do you understand? Engage them. Engage them in also uh, board games. This is the time now, you're, if somebody in the family knows how to play chess, or even if you don't know, learn it on YouTube. How to play some of these board games. And this is the time actually for teenagers that I emphasize, talk about money. How to manage finances and what it means when things are just disrupted. Talk about finances. And let them know that there is, there is no tap for finances. They need to work and to earn to be able to. For example, if you're giving your child maybe, I don't know, 3,000 per month, have they earned it? Or do you think it's a responsibility for you as a parent to be giving your child 3,000 per month? Let them know that they need to do something to be able to earn it. And something earned is generally very sweet and you can take your bit. But something given, you waste it. So let parents take this opportunity to speak to their children about finances. And I always say it is never too early. Generally, personally, I started talking to my children at the age of seven about finances. The importance of just being uh, aware or about what finances can do or lack of finances can do. Yes. All right. Thank you very much for that. Um, uh, some some useful suggestions on what to do with teenagers. I feel is maybe as we begin to wind up this discussion, I have sometimes uh, encountered parents who are actually fearful of their teenage children, and they say that uh, they are afraid to confront them because they, they 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 fear that if they try to impose some boundaries, that their children will not like them. How can you help such parents to, to manage or to overcome this fear? You see, the fear generally is out of what you have not uh, been able to express. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. The fear is only in your mind, right? Mm. The fear is in your mind. And I, it goes back to communication. Mm -hmm. If you constantly communicate with your child, then that fear is diminished. Mm. 
-hmm. And boundaries, everybody needs boundaries. The parents need boundaries, the children need boundaries. You understand? Mm -hmm. And in general needs boundaries. If you don't set boundaries from an early age, then life is going to be very difficult for those children when they grow up. Mm -hmm. There are consequences to overstating boundaries. So just get um, a relaxed, it can be, you know, it doesn't have to be, I want to talk to you about one, two, no, 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 no. Start by finding out. Let me hear from you. What is it like for you to be locked down? Do you understand? What is it like for you when I when mommy says you cannot be able to go out? What is it like for you? You know, hear from them. Do you understand? And then explain to them why it is important that those boundaries should never be crossed. Because if you let a child lose, you will lose that child at some point, whether they are adults, because they'll be in situations where they will just think, how come my mom never said this? How come I was never told this? When they go to the workplace, workplaces also have boundaries. There are certain things you can't do in the workplace. For example, you can't smoke in the office. You can't drink and uh, show up in the office when you're drunk. But if you let these teenagers get away with everything because you fear their reaction, then you're not helping. Have a candid conversation. And because you've been in this world longer than them, you know what consequences can do to certain situations. So for me, it goes back to conversations. Have open, non-judgmental conversations. Like, so that that child, when they are in your presence, that whatever comes off their, out of their mouth, you should not be like, oh my goodness, did you just tell me that? You understand? You should be open and just listen. And then you say, by the way, you said one, two, three. Does that make you feel good? Where did you pick that one from? But the moment the child says something that you're, Maybe according to your um, your beliefs, you're thinking, eh, 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 not in my house. Eh? As long as you're under my roof, remember, they can only be under your roof for so long. Eh? When they're 18, they can decide they can go out. And there's nothing you're going to do. So have you equipped them with skills to go to that world that is like I always equate it to an ocean? Do they have the strength? Is their muscles, are their muscles strong enough to be able to paddle in the waters. Because when you drop them into the ocean and they don't know how to swim or even a local river, they will drown. And of course, they will say, we were never told by my parents that I should have be able to do one, two, three. So build that moment of communication so that your children can, you'll be the first point of contact whenever they are in trouble. And I always tell parents that there is nothing bigger in your child's life that they cannot come to you. Okay, Phyllis, thank you very much. I think you have shared um, a, a number of things that uh, parents can, can do to manage the, the, the situation, not just during the pandemic, but uh, generally. Um, I would just like you to please share that number again, the number that people can call if they need to reach out to you. 
for help and any closing remarks that you might have. Uh, the number again, Jackie, is 0708 7373 00. Okay? Thank you. And my, and my closing remarks, and particularly for the parents, please have a non judgmental and non shaming heart. One of the things that crushes children is when a parent is very critical and you are sh constantly ashaming the children. And it's okay as a parent to say, I do not know. It is okay. Because they will ask you some questions and you, you must be vulnerable enough to say, that one for now, I don't know. And for sure you don't know. And you tell them that if I, if I come across something that will be helpful, I will let you know, okay? And actually, you should be open to the perspectives of all your family members, however diverse they are. Be open to their perspectives, okay? There is no one perspective that fits all in the family. And this is the time now for you to understand that your children have independent minds. And how do you, how do you now mold them so that as they grow up, they become confident people? It is by listening to them, entertaining their perspectives, and guiding them in the right way so that they have that confidence that even if this is not the right thing, I can speak about it and I can be guided, okay? And also, during this time of the pandemic, COVID-19 has really forced us to change. Change is never easy. And we always resist. So can we find ways to accommodate the new change, the new world, because our old world is gone. Our old world is completely gone. There is a new way of doing things. Can we learn how to live in this new world? Okay? And this is the time I always tell parents, say yes to everything. When I mean by yes to everything, doesn't mean you condone it. Yes means I am listening. Yes means I am here for you. Yes means we are in this together. Okay? So those are my concluding remarks, Jackie. Thank you very much. And listeners, today we were talking to Phyllis Otiti, a counselor and teen uh, therapist about uh, family mental health, especially during the pandemic.